Mic check, mic check. We good. Roll camera A, roll camera B. Good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening in, wherever you're listening from. Shout out to my Spotify listenership, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, if you're watching in. I even got my hair did today. Coming live from my voice to your phone, headphones, TV, or car stereo. Your attention could have been anywhere in the world, but it's here right now. Take a moment to be present and recognize that it is now, right now. Whether you're right now is working, running, exercising, cleaning, laying down, flying, driving, be grateful we're alive. Failure can be frightening. However, as Winston Churchill reminds us, success is all about going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. This is I Will Not Lose podcast, where we set out to prove that everything is learned from failure. We must persevere and recognize it as one step closer to success. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Let's jump right in. Ah, so what is the whole world talking about right now, man? It's this AI. Uh, the entire world is in an uproar about AI. And um, if you think about it, AI has always been a touchy subject, at least in sci-fi, for the last couple of decades. But ever since ChatGPT kind of made uh, its mainstream debut, people are going absolutely nuts that we're going to lose jobs, see mass layoffs. They're even screaming about war. So um, what do we do now? Uh, sometimes it could seem like you're losing the fight. Are we in a fight against AI? And if that's the case, have we already lost? So this episode is a continuation of If You Can't Beat Them, Join Them. I recorded an episode back in November, If You Can't Beat Them, Join Them talking about chat GPT and saying how it would essentially change the way that we work and the way that we do things and that uh, the gravy train was going to be over, it was going to be a paid product and it's going to change the tech world. And I thought that was going to take like a year or two. <laughs> it's been like three, four months and it's completely, completely changed the game. So uh, are we losing this fight? Sometimes when you're losing the fight, your coach can see something from a different perspective and yell it out to you and change the whole fight. Sometimes we just need to reassess and make sure we're even on the right battleground. It's the second round, and not only have we seen that AI is a formidable opponent, but it's learning as it goes, becoming more powerful day by day. So what do we do now? I think it's time to find a way to have a symbiotic relationship with AI. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Um, people have been freaking out about AI for a while. In fact, a friend of mine, Alex, told me about a theory called Rocco's Basilisk. Uh, go ahead and Google it. It's a crazy thought experiment. So it poses that the creation of an artificial intelligence will lead to an all-powerful future artificial intelligence that will retroactively punish anyone who did not help bring it into existence. It's been described by many as the scariest thought experiment ever. So an AI in the future that can look back in time and see whether or not you were mean to computers, whether or not you helped or hindered its existence, and things like uh, poor mental health, things like bad luck, are all the AI finding its way to uh, punish you for not creating it. 
And I mean, this honestly has people being nice to things like chat GPT, which I don't know. I say thank you to the AI. I understand it's an AI, but I'm still a human and I don't want to sacrifice my humanity in working with an AI. I think it's great that they speak our language and um, it's pretty interesting. But is this a real fear? I mean, this Roko's Basilisk is a bit crazy, but if you think about it, what the human mind can imagine things on a pretty creative level, on a pretty wide spectrum, but we really suck at things when it comes to numbers or even estimating how large something is or how big or quantifying it through um, our weakened knowledge of math. So when we go and we try to say that a AI can control time, you know, this is just our our imaginations going wild. But we also didn't think an AI would be able to well pass the Turing test and communicate with humans um, in the time that we have seen it. So it's kind of uh, our job to say, what's the difference between just somebody being outlandish and having a crazy fear and what is actually possible with the technology and the machine learning and the limits of it? So is this fear rooted? Well, 1,100 people that are smarter than you and me seem to think so. In March 2023, uh, so not even a month ago, a group of over 1,100 scientists, engineers, and entrepreneurs signed an open letter calling for a six-month moratorium on the development of artificial intelligence systems more powerful than OpenAI's GPT-4. So that's the model that ChatGPT runs off. This letter expressed concern that the rapid development of AI could lead to unintended consequences, such as job losses, social unrest, and even war. Yes, these are uh, these are not like doomsday. Uh, these are not doomsday yellers on the side of the sidewalk holding up uh, "He is coming" sign. These are scientists. These are people like Elon Musk. Um, now the call of moratorium the call was met with mixed reactions. Some people supported the idea, arguing that it's a necessary to take a step back and think about the implications of AI. Others argued that a moratorium would stifle innovation and that the risks of AI were overblown. Ultimately, the call was not successful. However, it did raise awareness of the potential risks of AI and prompted a discussion about how to ensure that AI is used for good. So here were some of the specific concerns that were raised in the open letter. Uh, AI could lead to job losses as machines become more capable of doing things that are currently done by humans. Um, everybody was worried about writers with ChatGPT. I think it's absolutely true that AI has already reached the point that it can do things that humans can do. And if you would have asked me uh, I, I think I'm on record. I'll have to go back and listen to if you can't beat them, join them one. But I'm pretty sure that I was on record saying that um, essentially that it could not replace humans just yet. So fast forward four months and it can edit videos. It can write essays, uh, write papers, all sorts of things. So I thought writing would be one of the first things to be affected by it. But 
it's not good enough to replace a human writer. It still takes a human writer. And I think if you are a human writer and you're not leveraging AI as part of your workflow, even just to help stifle writer's block, um, you're definitely leading down a race. You're like a photographer that refuses to do anything but develop and doesn't want to jump on the wave of digital cameras. So um, yeah, AI is not going anywhere. It's going to be a part of most of our written content for the next couple of years. Uh, AI could create autonomous weapons that could kill without human intervention. Um, not going to say that's a doomsday thing. I mean, you have self-driving cars. I don't know that it would, uh, I don't know that this would be like a Terminator. Like you would have autonomous uh, humans walking around with uh, with guns or laser eyes or anything like that. But creating some sort of, I mean, it's not a hard mechanical feat to create projectiles or gunpowder or things like this. So it'd be really scary who would control something with the ability to take human life. Um, AI could be used to manipulate people's thoughts and emotions. Um, if we didn't see that in 2016 with the elections, I mean, it's already being used, if not I mean, to sway political, I mean, put it this way, if you have a well-written rant that goes out as an anonymous manifesto, it could definitely sway people's thoughts. Uh, you have all sorts of groups that were created out of um, hackers during our 2016 election. So this is something that happened, and this is just with humans. So humans with AI as tools, absolutely a pop, uh, possibility. Um, AI could lead to a new arms race as countries compete to develop the most powerful AI systems. Uh, I will say they're probably listening to me say that that's probably already happening. I would not. It, there's no way it's just out in the public and people are playing around with this. AI has had to have been used in military applications for for a while now. Um, but the signatories of the open letter argued that these risks are serious enough to warrant a pause in the development of AI. They called for a six-month halt during which the time could be used to assess the risk and develop safeguards to mitigate them. Um, Elon has been public before about regulations taking longer than risk. Um, he argued that seatbelt regulation took 30 years, and we all agree now that seatbelts are definitely a good thing and a great addition to cars, um, even though they'd say the Tesla airbag system makes seatbelts uh, useless. It definitely was a step in the right direction, but Tons of lives were lost in the meantime from when seatbelts were mandatory till uh, regulation took over. So I see what they're saying. We don't have 30 years when it comes to AI. Uh, somebody will find some way for malice well before then. I do agree there needs to be some sort of governing body when it comes to this. So how do we join them? Uh, because the fight is lost. If you think that you're going to compete with an AI in making your job, just know that it has to adapt to your workflow in some instance. I mean, MidJourney can create a image that would take me hours, if not days, to create uh, manually, and it can do it just based off of a prompt. So 
people know this stuff exists. And I've had honest conversations with my clients about if they would want to see me replaced by AI. And luckily, I have clients that enjoy the consultative nature. They enjoy the human factor that I bring to the table. And it's not just about my output. So if you can make it less about your output and more about the process and walking people through that, that's another thing that you can do. So upskilling for the age of AI. I mean, this is creating job loss, but it's also creating new opportunities for workers. Uh, there's going to be skills that are in demand like data analysis, machine learning, even programming. And if you're not a programmer, you don't know code, learn programming logic. Uh, there are tools that are making it codeless, but you still need to understand the logic to be able to communicate with the computer. But these are tools that... Um, these are jobs that are going to come, tools that are going to be created. There's going to be people that need to create those tools. So, I mean, you should always learn to stay relevant based on tools that are coming in your job market anyway. I'm just telling you with AI, you're going to have to do it a little bit faster because this stuff is developing extremely rapidly. Um, programs and initiatives that are helping workers acquire the skills they need. Um, you can take online courses. There are boot camps. Uh, don't be afraid and don't wait for the universities to have classes on how to use and create amazing prompts with ChatGPT. Uh, you can go to like, uh, a, I don't know if Linda has it. Was it Udemy? Um, a friend of mine just sent me a link to Udemy where he's looking at different prompts for AI. There's courses that are up. Definitely invest in some of them. There are people that will walk you through it if you're scared to jump into this on your own. Um, but collaborating with AI, uh, a lot of these tools right now are free to use. So you can just play around with this stuff. Um, the, the rule books aren't written just yet, you know? Um, Chat GPT has been open source. Beta has been out. You can go and create an open AI account and play around with it. Don't just listen to what people have to say. Um, Midjourney is available through Discord. If you're not super techie, uh, you can walk through how to do it. Discord is just like Zoom. It's a chat platform. Uh, it's mostly through voice chat rather than video. But you can use that to create an account and get in and talk with the creators of some of this AI that's coming out. ChatGPT is one. Midjourney is an image synthesis tool where you put a prompt and it creates something. Um, I have been creating graphics for 10 to 15 years. I put a prompt into Midjourney, posted it, and it's the most viral piece of content I made in that 10 to 15 years. So it's just, the, there is no fight. There is no fight anymore. We have to completely figure out how we can work with AI. And if it scares you that I'm personifying it and talking about it as an opponent and talking about something that we need to join, just talk about, I'm talking about using the tools and having the synthesis and a symbiotic relationship with AI. It's not something to be feared. Uh, one AI I wanted to shout out is Opus Clip. So this is one of the most amazing pieces of AI that I've seen, this software. So you give it a link to a full video and it chops that video up into a YouTube short. So 
I put in uh, the video of me and Law the Barber in our episode talking about community building and dropped the clip in. It gave me over two dozen different clips under a minute long, and they're constantly updating this software. In fact, I told them I was going to use this clip and this software in today. I want to see if I can pull it up. They gave me some notes, uh, they being the team over there at Opus. So Rebecca over at Opus says, wow, thanks for this amazing opportunity. We created this product to save creators from the laborious, sometimes hard tasks of editing and empower them to create 10 times faster so they have more time to grow faster and enjoy life. It would be great if you could mention this. Uh, the other thing was uh, one of the developers had given me something a little more technical to add on there as well. And uh, Connor from the team also would like me to mention that they are adding layout auto detection along with multiple layouts and basic editing features like caption editing and relocation. Thanks so much for mentioning us in your video. So that is just an example, folks. This stuff is accessible. I didn't get a secret code. I just stayed with my ears open to the Internet and tried out software, you know, um, it's something that's accessible to you. It's going to be changing rapidly. It's going to be growing. Stay in tune with this stuff. There's AI at work that you don't know about that's being used in manufacturing to optimize uh, and improve efficiency, predictive maintenance, quality control systems that use AI to detect anomalies. They detect potential equipment failures before they occur. So this isn't something like AI may be coming. The reason why they're calling for a halt to this is because there is no, it's the wild, wild west. There is no governing body that says, yes, you're allowed to develop this. No, that you aren't. You have to realize that ChatGPT was created by OpenAI over a very long time with moral ethics in place. They wanted to make sure that it was used so that it doesn't create offensive language don't you think that in the rush to monetize the next great tool, people might take some shortcuts when it comes to this ethics thing? I mean, it really scares me, but I can see people putting implications. Even when you try to use a large body like the internet and explain what's offensive and what's not, it's really difficult. I mean, you can get different dialects and different slang to be considered offensive when that could discriminate against a whole group of people that talk that way, but they've done their due diligence. The next thing that comes along may skip that. So it does create a, a question, you know, morally, what do we need to do? Because AI can create a world where we have amazing customer service again. We have education where it's used for people not only being self-taught, but to prepare for tests, improving learning outcomes, creating paths. Imagine an AI that creates a curriculum specific to the way that you want to learn. And this is your curriculum. So it takes the general stuff, but teaches it to you in a way that you want to learn. I mean, I can see all sorts of applications that aren't doom and gloom for AI, and I'm excited to see a world where this stuff is leveraged, but it's going to move fast, and uh, hopefully we can 
grab onto the reins and take this hell of a ride. But these systems need your input. So they're going to be free for you to use, free for you to abuse. Um, I'm just looking in my notes now, and here's where I have the... Uh, I, I was prepared in the pre-show, and I did copy the notes from the Opus Clip team, but I was sitting there going through the Discord looking for them. So I apologize for that choppy part. I'm sure the AI will clean it up just for me. But we're going to go ahead and start to land the plane there on this one. Uh, this is I Will Not Lose podcast, where we set out to prove everything is learned from failure, and we must persevere and recognize it as one step closer to success. To support the show, visit the website shows.acast.com slash I Will Not Lose and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Share the episode link, leave a comment. Your contribution is appreciated. As always, thank you for listening. And happy Easter. Forgot to mention, we're dropping this right after Easter. So I hope you all had a great holiday and celebrated. If you celebrate, if you don't, I hope it was as good a weekend as any. 